Welcome to the new episode of Starting Your Own Coffee Shop. I am Jerry Stolani, the founder of Cafe Chocolat in downtown DC. I had no experience when I started four years ago. And if I can do it, you can too. Tune in. Welcome to the new episode of Ristretta Time. Um, in this episode, I tackle issues of finances for small businesses um, or small coffee shops. This is an episode that I recorded uh, a while back, but I felt it needs to see the light of day. Uh, so I am uh, re-releasing it now. Um, again, you know, thanks for um, the emails that I get. Um, if you have any questions or need some advice or whatever, um, my email is uh, dolani at gmail.com. Um, and again, if you listen to your to the podcast, um, I'd greatly appreciate it if you provide some feedback to it, you know, give it some, uh, if you rate it on um, Apple Podcasts, or, and, and especially if you provide some feedback, so I know, you know, what to focus on and, 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 and uh, what you guys think about the content. So today we're going to talk about where to find the money to finance your business. It took me a long time to record this episode because I also was trying to figure out how to best tackle it to provide value. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a, you know, like a loan manager um, in a bank. But the only thing I can share with you is uh, what we did at Cafe Chocolat and how I went about it. So I'll, I'll start with a little story uh, when when I realized, you know, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to open a chocolate shop. I reached out to my friend Ravi. Ravi is a, a, an MBA classmate, a classmate of mine, and he's my go-to guy for any finance-related questions. He, he works in mergers and acquisitions, and he deals with small businesses like mine, every day. So I figured he would be the right person to ask about where to find money. And uh, the answer that came back was, Jared, you have to steal, bag, and borrow. Um, it sounds like a joke, but in the four, four or five years that I've done this, I've realized that it's the only thing that rang true when it came to money. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not condoning stealing. Do not steal. Don't end up in jail. Um, but, but literally, I mean, the moral of the story is you just have to hustle. You have to hustle and you have to just go out of your way. You have to really, you know, and begging is going to be a big part of it. Trust me. Uh, you're going to beg your bank. You're going to beg your friends and family. You're going to beg anybody who has a dollar to give you. Um, and, and you better get used to it because, um, yeah, it's something you're going to have to do often. So I'll, I mean, the, the, the first place to start is you go to Google and you just type it up, type, you know, how do I, where do I find money to finance my business? And you'll see tons of results there. There's so many pages dedicated to this. Um, it's, it's insane. I mean, some of them are really good resources. They will go through like a top 10 list with details on how to go about doing it. And some of them are just basic do this, do that, and that's it. Uh, so just just do tons of research. But I, I can tell you, um, the ones that I looked at were first and foremost friends and family. 
right? It's just the closest in terms of proximity, uh, but it's also the hardest to do because it's really hard to go to your family and friends uh, and say, hey, I have this insane idea. Uh, please give me $30,000 of your hard work, hard-earned uh, savings uh, so I can throw at this insane idea that nobody wants to help me out with. So you're going to be met with a lot of slam doors in your face and and that's okay uh, because at the end of the day you want to preserve your friendships and your family ties and you don't want some crazy business idea that who knows you know might fail sooner or later uh to to come in between uh the 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 relationships that you have so so get used to being told no by your friends and family and and also that's that's also a good way for you to figure out if your idea has merit or not if you keep fixing uh some of the things that are making people kind of queasy about giving you money and you're still meeting with a, a no then maybe you should you know, either continue looking harder or just maybe you should come to a realization that, you know, I'm not getting the support on this. Um, maybe there's nothing there, right? Um, the other way to do it, and this is something that we started doing later on, is crowdfunding. So going to like a website like Kickstarter, going to a website like Indiegogo, uh, there are tons of businesses that have started this way. Uh, there's tons of products that are launched this way. And actually, it's a really, really good place to begin if you already have a prototype and you want to pre-sell it because that way you know exactly how many people want to buy your product they've already given you the money so you can go to a co-packer or you can go to somebody who can produce it and say hey i want a thousand pieces and here is the money because you already have that uh that order uh, i know uh i don't know if you guys remember the pebble watch started this way there's there's so many different businesses that have started this way uh just just Keep an eye out when you're going into these websites because every crowdfunding platform is different. So Kickstarter, uh, you don't get the money if you do not reach your goal. So if your goal is $10,000 and you reach $9,800 um, by, by the time that the, the crowdfunding project ends or limit time limit ends, then you don't get any of that. Uh, but if you go to Indiegogo, which is one that we used for a project we wanted to do at Café Chocolat. Uh, even if you get only $2,000 out of the 10000 that was your goal, you will still get that $2,000. Uh, one other thing to keep in mind, specifically crowdfunding, is uh, talk to your financial advisor or talk to your bookkeeping or you know whoever does accounting uh, for you because you have to also handle uh, the taxes part of it. So, you know... Out of the $10,000 that you got, if you reach the goal, don't forget, you're going to have to pay taxes on that money. So figure out how to best, uh, how to best take uh, that in consideration. Uh, another one is VCs. Uh, a lot of people think of VCs as just tech. Of course, you know tech is sexier. That's where you get billion-dollar businesses. Uh, but there are some VCs that focus specifically on food, you know, restaurants and, and food products. It's really hard to get money from a VC. Just because food businesses, coffee businesses have a tendency to fail quick, uh, and a lot of them do. So, you know, be be ready to be scrutinized really heavily or just be told no flat out. Um, another way of doing it, and I met somebody who actually that how she continued raising funds for her business 
um, is you participate in grand competitions. There are tons of grand competitions uh, around, like VC competitions and things like that. Uh, and that's what she did. She would go, she would present her idea. And I think it was for uh, some organic, organic um, nutritious snacks made with dates or something like that um and she but she did raise a lot of money and she got really really good at it and um it, it was um she she became a good person to to go to uh, to figure out how to best present a product to a team of people with money uh so try to participate in those competitions uh another one which i th wish i would have done from the beginning is uh, incubators so Incubators are businesses like food incubators. They're, you know, just somebody who has like a big space, you know, 17,000 square foot of food and they have tons of food equipment there and it's a shared space. So there's a lot of businesses that work in the area. They share the equipment, uh, but you have to pay a minimal amount in rent um, or it depends on how some of them, you know, want you to pay rent. Some of them actually want you to pay them in product. Uh, whatever product you make and some of them it's like a combination of rent and product and maybe ownership into uh, your small enterprise so uh, figure out how each one of them works but you also have to be careful when you work with them uh, I ran into an issue with a chocolate supplier of mine a small uh, chocolatier who was renting space at a local incubator here in town and as part of his agreement he had to give some of his products to the incubator and then the incubator also owned a retail chain so what they would do is they would take the product and they would put it in their retail um, in their retail chain so this this brand of chocolate that I was um, buying from from this small chocolatier I happened to walk into one of the retail chains and I see the same product for half the price so that product was on shelf at the retail chain for the price that I paid as a wholesale customer buying directly from the manufacturer. Uh, so I called him up because obviously he was a friend of mine. I said, hey, you know, what's what's going on here? I'm seeing that you're giving this product to this retail chain for a lot cheaper than what I get it from directly from you. Um, so I can't continue carrying your product because, you know, either you give me the same price as they get or I just stop carrying it and um, and the response back from him was I don't even work with that retail chain like they're not my customer um, and he didn't realize that the that the incubator was actually the owner of the retail chain as well so they were taking the product for free from him and then they could price it at any point so it didn't really matter and it was fine for them to price it at half the price I was pricing it because it cost them virtually zero dollars uh but in return they were basically killing his business so so i i raised that issue with him i said listen you know i'm not buying from you and i don't think anybody else is going to buy from you if they can get it at wholesale price on retail uh so he had to go back kind of renegotiate the deal and pull the product out of that retail chain so that he can continue uh to be in business but basically just just keep an eye out um and figure out if you're going to work with an incubator figure out um, what works best for you. The other um, part uh, that I learned later on and I, I didn't really 
participate in this, and this was a big miss for me, is uh, tapping into local government and your local municipality. Uh, they have tons of small grants, tons of small microloans um, at very, very favorable terms for small businesses. And if you're a minority business or a, or a woman-owned um, business, then definitely uh, you know hit up your local SBA, hit up your local uh, small business administration of your local gov like local government, not just the big SBA from the Small Business Administration, um, because you will find a lot of money there to to support your business. Um, and then finally, you know, just loans. Most banks will not give loans to small coffee shops, just because you know they're so risky by by design. And then again, if you're going to loan from a bank at ridiculous rates. Uh, it might start killing your business. So if you're going to start a, uh, a coffee shop, the best way to do it is just bootstrap it. The best way to do it is just you know save some money, start small, start with a small, um, start with a small, let's say like coffee cart, um, and even you can do that from an incubator. Just rent some small space there, um, and then keep growing. The, the the benefit of being at an incubator spot. Uh, I probably should have mentioned this when I was talking about incubators, is that there's so many small businesses around you. And even though they may not be uh, 100% related to what you do, uh, they're still going through the same issues. They're still going through the same problems. So it's very easy to, you know, share your problems with other business owners just like you um, who are in the same situation. You guys are using the same facilities, so you you have pretty much the same kind of startup costs, if you will, you know, from from um, an overhead perspective um, or a fixed cost perspective. So, um, in terms of loans, going back to loans, we at Café Chocolat uh, basically did two things. One, it was I used pretty much all of my savings um, because, again, you know. Uh, it was really hard to get money from somewhere else. Um, I had some help from uh, some friends and family who who were as insane and as I was, you know, when it came to supporting this idea. Uh, and then uh, the second and the biggest part was also I was able to get an SBA-backed loan, like a small business administration loan. So if you go to your um, SBA office and apply for it, uh, the benefit of an SBA loan is that you get much more favorable terms than you would with a private loan from a bank, from a private bank. Uh, but at the end of the day, and I think there's a misunderstanding, people think if you get an SBA loan and your business fails, that you just don't have to pay that money back because SBA means the Small Business Administration will back your loan up. Uh, yes, they will, but they will back it up. To the bank. So the SBA by itself does not give loans. The SBA works with local banks and basically tells them you can go ahead and give a loan to George because if he fails, I will give you back the money. But that doesn't mean that George is off the hook. Um, you know, both the SBA and and the bank first will go after all of your assets, um, and then whatever's left, then you know, maybe the taxpayers will will take care of it, but um, but you're not you're not getting out of it risk free. Um, it's no different than getting a private loan. It's just that you get better terms. Um, so I got an SBA loan. The process for getting an SBA loan is 
you go to the SBA, maybe it's changed now. I mean, I, I applied five years ago, so uh, or six years ago. Um, you go to the SBA website, you fill out an application, you submit your paperwork, your business paperwork, your licenses, you submit your business plan, um, and any type of information you have, and you obviously you fill out the application as well, and then um, that application goes to you know, 10 or 15 local banks in the area that work with the SBA. So each one of those um, loan officers from these banks will look at your application and then they'll either pass on it or if they don't pass, they'll follow up with you to ask you for more information. Um, usually that takes sometimes somewhere between like 10 to 15 days. If you don't hear in 15 days, chances are everybody passed on your application. And I learned that obviously because everybody passed on my application. Uh, but one thing to keep in mind is, and especially not just in loans, but in in business in general, try not to take no for an answer and just keep pushing back and just keep finding out, you know, just the details, just a simple no doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? Um, you have to find out who is telling you the no, are they just the gatekeeper, are they the final decision maker? And you, unless it's the final decision maker, then that means you can, it's, it's room for continuously pushing back. So, when I applied and I didn't hear anything in, in a couple of weeks, you know, in three weeks, then I called the SBA back and I said, hey, you know, I applied for, for the loan. I didn't hear back. And basically the, the lady on the phone said, uh, yeah, probably everybody just uh, skipped on your application because usually you hear back within a week. Um, and I said, hmm, okay. And, I, and you know, I, I didn't expect everybody to to respond but i thought maybe one bank would say hmm send me more information so but i was curious to see where that application went so i asked for a list of the banks where the application went um and i got it via email and it was just the name of the bank um and an 800 number so i figured you know i got nothing better to do might as well just call each one of these you know 15 800 numbers and a funny thing happened um, out of the 15 banks or 14 banks that were there, half of them didn't respond my call, but I was able to talk to the other half. Um, and some of them just kind of said, oh yeah, thanks, yeah, we got your application. No. And some of them were like, hmm, would you send it? Why did you, you know, why don't you send it to me specifically? So I was able to finally talk to about four of them. And at the end of the day, after a lot of these back and forth and, and reaching out to different people and asking for different, you know, decision makers via phones, um, calling these banks, then I got two offers that I could choose from. And, and obviously I chose one of them. Um, you know, so, so you know, the moral of this story is do not take no for an answer. Just keep pushing back because you never know. Uh, and and it's it's good, you know, to, to, to be able to have some money. I mean, loans, especially now with the rates that are now, um, it would be silly not to go for a loan. And actually, uh, funny story, when I thought about funding the business, I wanted to do it all on my own, right? I wanted to do it debt-free, uh, and I was working really hard on figuring out how to do it debt-free, start small. And then um, I used to go to the public library and just, you know, get one of those study rooms there and sit there for a couple hours and just start 
thinking about the business and strategizing and, and figuring out the next steps. And always next to me um, happened to be this uh, gentleman who was just seemed always busy. You know, he always met with people. People came to the library, to one of those study rooms, and, and they would be talking about strategy and they would write. And so one day I approached him and I said, hey, um, what, what business are you working on? Because I'm, I'm also working on a business. And he was working on you know, one of these um, bottled water uh, businesses and and he had this product already done and the people that he met were people that were kind of his salespeople. And I, and I asked him how he raised money. He said, I, I went for a loan. And I said, well, I don't want to go for a loan. I just don't want to owe anything to anybody because it's just going to add a lot of burdens. And he said something really interesting, which made me think. He said, well, think about it this way. He said, think about you know, the money that you're going to throw at a business as the bullet that you have in a gun, right? Um, And if you just have all your money and you just put all your money in it and it's just your money, that means you only have one bullet. But if you have your money and a loan, now you have two bullets. And if you start with a loan and it doesn't work out, now you have your money still sitting there so you you can now go for a round two. Or now that you've learned kind of like the better way to do it now you're it's it's safer to go in with your money right uh so this idea of the number of bullets that you have in your gun being like the different sources of money that you're going to throw at it it made a lot of sense right like why why go with the last thing you have when you have this other option of using borrowed money and and if it doesn't work out Right now, you know where you messed up, or or if it's too costly, you learned the lesson that way, and now you have another uh, some money sitting, you know, kind of like in in on the back uh, that you can use to push further or to fix the issue and 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 get to a to a place where you can actually start making money and start paying back uh, the loan. So that was that was a, a really interesting lesson for me. So. You know, when it comes to funding, um, you're going to come to a point where you're going to need to ask for money, you know, whether or you're going to need to look for money. I mean, I don't care what business it is. And I think I've talked about this in a previous episode. I don't care if you're Nike, Amazon, uh, Netflix, there was a point in time when you just you felt like your house was going to be on the line. Um, I mean, Netflix was begging Blockbuster to buy them because they had run out of money completely. And then through a through a stroke of luck, just things turned around. Um, Nike was the same way. You know, in the beginning, it was just them every month meeting with the bank and begging for more money. Um, and it's just, it's just the nature of business. So get comfortable with asking for it. Um, and, and also... Keep in mind that the more professional you are, you know, if you work, walk in, even even with your friends and family, if you walk in with presentations and numbers and things like that, you, uh, you're you more likely to get a yes than when you just kind of take them out for coffee and just start rambling about how great your idea is. Uh, but just keep in mind, especially with friends and family, if your business fails, you, I mean... Well, you know, it happens to me. You know, I'm the kind of person that if I borrow money from somebody, um, it just kind of eats me up until I get to pay them back. So so make sure 
um, that you understand that, you know, when you borrow money from people, your friends and family, it's it's hard-earned money for them. Um, and, and at some point, even though they may not ask for it, <laughs> you, you might feel like, I need to pay them back no matter what. So... Um, so just, just make sure that, that you have thought through your process, make sure that you've thought about in case this happens, this is what I'll do in case this thing fails. This is my, my next thing, uh, to go to, uh, so that you also will feel better about, you know, going out there and feel more confident about going out there and asking for funds. So you know, with that said, um, if you have any questions, go out, do some research, talk to a financial advisor. Like I said at the beginning, you know, I'm not, you know, a financial advisor, so I can't give you, you know, the right idea. Um, I'm just giving you what I did and, and how I went through the process and, and some of the information that I gathered in the process. Uh, but if there's anything I can help with, if you want to bounce ideas off of me, uh, just email me. Uh, my email is uh, dolani at gmail.com. D is in David, O-L-L, A is in Apple, N as in Nora, I at gmail.com. All right, with that, good luck, and we'll see you on the next episode. All right, well, thank you for um, listening. Um, we've come to the end of the episode. Uh, I'm actually really interested in, in hearing, you know, if... if um, you have a business and you financed it i would love to um, hear if um, you found a different way of doing it um, if you have an interesting story to share uh, about how you financed um, your business or how you continue to do it um, i would love to hear it and and, and maybe even love to uh, to share it the other thing uh, that i'm thinking is it's been a while since i've actually interviewed um, somebody and i'd love to to hear from uh, from you if there's some someone in the industry you think would be an interesting person to um, interview and I can uh, reach out to them. So again, any ideas you have, uh, let me know. Email me at dolani at uh, gmail.com. D as in David, O-L-L-A-N as in Nora, I at gmail.com. And uh, with that, thank you and until next time.